Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to our very first Day of the Dad podcast. Recorded at the Little Brown Book Group, so if you hear pages rustling and people rushing backwards and forwards importantly, then you know why. So we're going to start off each show by talking about what's happening in parenting and fathering, if that is (laughs) right now. And for this week, that is your book, Keith, and I promise that we'll only do this for one episode. So Boy Made of Blocks, tell tell people what it's about. Okay, well, it's about a dad called Alex who has a son who is autistic, who's eight years old, and it has been incredibly challenging to bring him up. And the upshot of it has been that he's had to leave the family home. He's fallen out with his wife Jody, and it's very difficult it's very tense and stressful and he's moved out of his home and he's worried about how he's going to forge a relationship with his son going forward and his son gets into a video game called Minecraft and they realize that they can play this game together online so even when they're not together they're able to meet in the Minecraft world and it's through this video game that they forge a relationship and learn lots about each other and about fatherhood and about autism as well so and for those who don't know Minecraft is essentially a sort of building game it's like fantasy world that it's a bit like Lego where yeah. you can create a load of buildings in any way that you want online or dig or, or, or whatever yeah yeah you can sort of mine for materials but mostly it's about making things and doing what you want with those things there's no kind of point to it you don't have to there's no sort of story or narrative you're not told to do anything you discover everything for yourself and the tone of books incredibly funny and touching and moving I cried tons of times <laughs> when I first read it and tons of times every other time I've read it and it's, it's sort of based on your experience with your son right yeah yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, um, yeah, my son, Zach, is on the autism spectrum, and we did indeed play Minecraft together. I got Minecraft on the Xbox 360, and we just started messing around with it, and he immediately connected with the game. And I think that's because it's very much a sort of c- controlled, creative environment. Like, whatever you do in Minecraft makes total sense. It's very easy to learn the rules of the game, and you can just mess around and make your own rules as well. So I think it's a brilliant environment for him, and maybe for children on the autistic spectrum in general, because it is this amazing fantasy world with lots of creativity but yet there are very clearly defined rules so it just feels safe I think that's the main thing and so Zach really really connected with this video game and we learned that when we played it together I kind of discovered more about him because he was really creative in the game and and were you finding it hard hard to bond with him before that a little bit yeah because it was difficult he wasn't the sort of kid that would sit down for an hour and draw pictures 
Uh, like if he uh, he found it very difficult to express himself verbally, he's got not an amazing vocabulary. So it was very difficult to sort of engage with him verbally. He didn't like to sort of sit around and colour and paint, so he wasn't really able to express himself that way. So it felt like lots of avenues were blocked. But with Minecraft, he could immediately build stuff. And he was learning, because the words of Minecraft, the actual objects in the game, so you have wood, you have blocks, you have stone, you have glass. So he was kind of learning these words as he was building things. So he wasn't just building houses or building castles. He was, he was like literally building a vocabulary for himself to explain his own understanding of the world. And, and part, of the re- I mean, part of the reason I love the book is I also, I should say, have an autistic son who's five, about to be six. And, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast was to mm. talk about what it's like to be a dad and to be dads for autistic kids. But also I think the book itself, moving away slightly from it specifically is a kind of hymn to difference and how each child is different and how each person is different I wonder you to bring you in what it's like reading as someone who has a child who's a lot younger 18 months who obviously is not autistic did you still relate to the kind of parenting in it and that absolutely yeah Um, I mean it's written very sympathetically I think and the fact that there is this relationship with this tiny person that, that didn't exist and you have to sort of form who you are and who he is and where you both relate to each other and that's one of the, I think one of the big themes of the book and I'm absolutely that's what I'm going through at the moment I cried like a baby really. <laughs> fitting yeah <laughs> and sorry go on yeah I was just going to say that, that that's it I think that's one of the like the elements of like parenthood which tends to get overlooked parenthood often in those kind of early guidebooks tends to be turned into something quite technical almost yeah like, these are some sleeping patterns you have to learn and these are some things that you've got to know about feeding mm. but very often and they don't really talk about how you build a relationship with someone and they are a small person with their own desires and fears and wishes and personality traits yeah. even like really really young and no one really says to you like this is a human being that you've got to learn to understand no absolutely and it does you do tend to get all the literature about new parenting is hit this mark make sure they're doing this now can, are they doing this don't worry if they're not doing this but kind of see a doctor if they're not doing this <laughs> which I have one last week which is terrifying yeah. um, but it, I, I guess because having a whole person to deal with is such a huge thing mm-hmm. that you can't really put that across in, a, in an instructional manual uh, but it's yeah it's, it's, it's incredible it's such a huge thing to go through yeah, yeah, exactly. And because they're forming their own personalities. So all the time, I don't know like what you all thought, but when, when both my children were really small, you're really conscious of the things that you're doing being memorable to them. Yeah. yeah. So you're like... Well, Although they're not at all, until yeah, they're about four. Yeah, exactly. So you're, okay, you can do whatever you like, Stuart, until he's four, mm, and yeah. then you've really got to So you're in the clear right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good. That's really you've good. You've got two that. years of just being <laughs> awful, and then you've got to really buck up your game. That's the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Have a rest. Yeah, they're quite resilient. They'll be fine. The other best advice anyone gave me was the first three months are absolutely terrible. Mm. Uh, Forget people saying they're magical, they're lovely, they're awful. It's like a walking car crash. But after that, it starts to get all right. On that note, um, (laughs) we were going to discuss a few other things that have been going on in in parenting this month. Mm. And one of which we can't ignore is Pokemon Go. Yeah, absolutely. Which you've read quite a lot about in The Guardian. 
you. Yeah, well, I think we've like we've frustrated some readers because we have written a lot of stories about Pokemon Go, but then every single Pokemon Go story we've written has just done astronomical figures. And there was in the week that the game came out, the top nine technology stories, the top nine biggest scene stories of that week were all Pokemon Go. And we should tell people what Pokemon Go is. Yes. Most people hopefully know what it is unless they've been living in a shed because even John Humphreys has probably talked about it now. Yeah, really. they have. Yeah, I think really they badly. have. In a really uh, bad yeah. Way. <laughs> uh, so, so what is Pokemon Go? Well, Pokemon Go is an augmented reality spin-off from the popular Pokemon Go adventure role-playing series where essentially what you've got to do is travel around in the normal Pokemon Go games on Game Boy Advance. You travel around an environment capturing Pokemon and using them to battle other trainers and gaining more and more creatures. And the whole kind of catchphrase of Pokemon Go is you've got to catch them all. There's lots of these cute creatures you've got to go around this landscape collecting. The landscape being the real world in this well, case. Well, in Pokemon Go it's in the real world. The, re- yeah. the original Pokemon series is not it's a fantasy area. But yes, Pokemon Go is a game by Niantic Labs who have worked on lots of augmented reality technology and, and software. And they've transported Pokemon into the real world. So you have a, a real kind of GPS map of your town or wherever you are and it will tell you where roughly where Pokemon are. And you wander around and you collect. You can use your camera to help you collect, capture Pokemon by flinging Pokeballs at them. And you, by, and by, by what, sorry? By flinging Pokeballs at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and is not, this a game adults should in any way be playing? Yes, everyone should be playing. Stu, is this a game adults should in any way be playing? I'm ignoring the games editor at this point. Um, I, I guess if you want to play it, you can. I've only realised recently my brother is really into it. He, and he's 32. And this is Pete. This of, is Pete. Of, of, of the of, title of your book, Don't yes. Be a Dick Pete. Um, and I was out with him a few weeks ago and he was playing it and I realised I've seen a lot of people recently just holding their phones above their heads looking like they lost. Yes. Because there's a map on their phones. Doing so a like, bit of street theatre, pretending they're looking at yeah. text. And all the time they're actually Pokemon. catching a pigeon. Well, I mean, I, this is the beautiful thing about it. And, you know, there's been so much anti Pokemon Go coverage. People saying, oh, this is terrible. It's another mm. new fad that, that are destroying children's brains. But in the week that it came out, I remember going to the park in Leamington. I was doing a talk in Leamington at the time. We went out to the park and it was quite a kind of overcast, rainy day. But there were groups of children, there were parents all around the park and they were all playing. And people were getting together and comparing where they'd seen Pokemon, comparing notes. And it was just this amazing, completely improvised instantaneous uh, social relationship people were building over this game which I think is like you know a magical thing I think that's wonderful I agree I've, I've seen not only do I do it on my own anyway but, <laughs> but let's not talk about that uh, but I've seen most of all I saw dads and sons doing it and not like five year olds like sort of 12 year olds sons who wouldn't necessarily go out and do activities with their dads just on a you know weekend or whatever were going out and doing it together on yeah. the bus and on the street and I've not seen that a great deal no. frankly mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there have been some brilliant stories about people taking it too far. Like people, um, two people accidentally walking off a cliff yeah. while playing Pokemon Go. Uh, and there's a there's a great story in the Mirror and a couple of other papers recently about a dad. Uh, his wife is giving birth in hospital. Uh, I've got the Mirror version of the story here. It's a guy in Texas, and he was while she was giving birth to their first daughter, he was on Pokemon Go trying to capture a Pidgey by her bed. While she was uh, while she was going through labour, which is pretty incredible. One, I mean, that's obviously kind of disrespectful. But two, a pidgey, a very seriously, <laughs> it's the mo- one of the yeah. most common Pokemon. It's like going bird spotting out of the window at the same time and seeing a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, getting your binoculars. It out. is literally the flying rat of the Pokemon world. So, I mean, you, you know, for a, maybe for a Pikachu, then you would do it. But yeah, so it's incredibly. It's, it's, but this is the sort of thing that's happening. People have become quite attached to the game. So that's Pokemon Go. What, what else have people been? Seeing, has anyone been dragged to the cinema to watch a children's film? 
recently. I think your kid saw Swallows and Amazons, is yeah, that Yeah, right? so um, Swallows and Amazons was one of my wife's favourite books when she was a child. Her mum, for her birthday one year, made her a Captain Nancy t-shirt. She was so obsessed with Swallows and Amazons. So she loved it, so she took my sons to go and see it. They'd really struggled with the book, because the book is actually really a sailing manual disguised <laughs> as a novel. It's, you know, there's, there's whole chapters on how to like rig a, uh, rig a sail. <laughs> but the, the film, uh, she didn't like it because they've added some sort of more kind of mystery and suspense to the story to make it a kind of a bit sort of darker and more dramatic but my the son, my son's absolutely loved it but yeah we've, we've, we've been to see that and we've been to see uh, Jungle Book and we've been to see Zootopia Zootropolis and Ghostbusters we go and see a heck of a lot of films so and Jungle Book is just out on DVD yes. now which I can highly recommend it's the one it's the first film I've been to with my son who like I said is five and, and sometimes gets freaked out but it's in my and he watched the whole thing the whole way through without asking to go home sat on my knee at the end because it had got it got pretty scary but I'd very very if you haven't watched it I'd very yeah. firmly recommend it yeah it's got it's scary bits in it but it's quite it's a nice beautifully nice made yeah. beautifully made and more to the point I'd say and this is underestimated I think the kids films very well paced so there's very few quiet sections for kids to get bored very few quiet talky sections yeah yeah um, there's, which I found I saw Finding Dory and Finding Dory a bit boring son asked to go after mm. half now yeah, our sons got bored in that, and they don't usually get bored. I mean, our, my sons watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and didn't get bored while while I was clawing at the door <laughs> to get out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, that's true. But you're not you're not doing your your son is only eighteen months. Hey, eighteen months. So. I can't wait to go and see films with him. But mm. the Jungle Book was the first film I went to see with my dad. The cartoon, the original one. It was yeah, the first yeah. Film my son is in Martin. Yeah, and that's sort of that's a thing that sort of stays with you. That's the film I went to see with my dad for the yeah. first time. Yeah, it's really lovely to be able to. Re- repeat those experiences like I took my sons to see uh, the new Star Wars film and that was amazing because I because I remember going to see the first film with my dad mm. and it's just so lovely having those kind of circular relationships where those things happen yeah. where you can kind of share a similar thing and know that they'll remember it in a weird way this brings us around to the subject of this podcast uh, <laughs> is um, role, male role models yes. and what it means to look up to being a man that whole mm. phrase man up that kind of thing and, yeah. and, and the poisonous phrase of the patriarchy yeah <laughs> yes exactly no one says be a woman <laughs> no which they should yeah well yeah. I mean, Laura, ba- uh, Laura Barnes got her book out uh, called uh, um, Girl Up which is about which is uh, addressing this very uh, but why girl why not woman um, because it's, uh, it's aimed at teen- uh, young girls and teenagers well then that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> But it's a really good book. But going back to your childhood first, yes. mm. uh, did you feel that thing to man up, to be a man as a child? Did you feel that? Not really as a child, I think. My dad is a kind of, he's a plumber and he does lots of sort of actual man things and he's just built a shed and he's put drawers in it and stuff and I couldn't do that in a million years still now <laughs> as an adult, I can't even do flat pack furniture. So I think there's always I've kind of either sort of resisted it because I know I was bad at it or I just I didn't sort of, it didn't jibe with me very well. But yeah, there was always image of the man I think in the like the early 80s as well. Well so even He-Man, yeah, Schwarzenegger he, it was all very... That was the age of it, yeah. yeah. You're, a, you're a big guy with muscles who killed 
the baddies. Just like us. Yeah, or like the cowboys and Indians and stuff like that. And I think I, maybe it's softened a bit now. I don't know. So who, who are the male role models for kids now, do we think? Who, uh, who are they looking up well, to? My, well, my, my, um, well, Zach really loves like all the male pop stars. He loves like One Direction and Justin Bieber. I mean, I don't think they're role models. He just really he just really likes them. But but there there is something in that, isn't there? Because those are the mm. people that you come to like. I mean, my son likes Andy Murray because he wins and he wears a hat. So when we play tennis together, <laughs> I mean, that's he the two says, thing every, every two things every role model needs. They need to hat. win and they need to have a hat. A bit like Michael Jackson yeah. for a <laughs> <Yeah>. while, <laughs> <laughs> and then he took off his hat and died. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but if we play tennis, then I have to I have to not wear a hat so he can wear a hat. Right, and so he can be the. Those yeah. are the those are the rules. Yeah. Uh, so your sons, it's Justin Bieber and yeah, and he um, One Direction. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, they don't really have that many like male role models. I don't think. So who are who are ours at that age? I, I'll give you mine first. Okay. Uh, because I wrote it down and I want mm. to get it out there. Uh, Philip Schofield. <laughs> really. Philip Schofield when he was in the broom cupboard. If you remember with Gordon the Gopher, I had, I had, a, I had a thing about Philip Schofield. Not a sexual thing no. yeah, but, but just... I did, it looked like a boy crush you know that thing where I thought he was really funny yeah. with Gordon the Gopher and quite cool and I sort of wanted his hair mm. he once came to my town to do a, a Gordon the Gopher sort of meet and greet <sighs> at our local leisure centre and the whole town turned up and he was there for like 30 seconds and he just said hi everyone Philip Schofield there's a merchandise <laughs> stall and everybody oh, just went oh, we thought you were cool that same thing happened to me when I was a kid with Princess Anne oh no <laughs> yeah. no one ever thought she Yeah, no, she was no. never a Did robot. Did you say, here's the merchandise? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get your princess yeah. and t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Look cool on the playground. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, um, yeah, no, she, she, I can remember her appearing at an event and like being on stage for 20 seconds yeah. or something and then going. I don't know what I expected from Princess Anne, but I expected more. A brief stand-up set, I think, yeah. at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even mind if it was old material. But, you know, yeah. you have to do that uh, thing at school, what I did in the holidays, which yeah. is very relevant now. Obviously, we just Holidays. Yeah, I once had to. Do, we did a trip at school, and we had to write about going to see Princess Anne at the country show, the Essex Country Show with a traction engine. Was and she in the traction engine? I can't remember. Oh, and I really that would have been I that would. I would have got my money's worth out of that. Princess Anne in the traction yes, engine. Yes, Philip Schofield in the traction wow, engine. Wow, that would have blown your mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who was yours? We, he it doesn't necessarily I, have to be in a traction engine. Yeah, Keith was Princess Anne. I no, was it wasn't. Philip Schofield. No, it was, <laughs> terrible. Was, Princess yeah, it was Princess Anne. Yeah, no, that's not what I've prepared. <laughs> uh, my first and this might just be because I've got a work based email about him but Michael Rosen when I was at school very young at school he was on TV an awful lot and just he was like a funny nice clever guy oh, and yes. I, I kind of I do think he, he's a bit of a hero was he the poet the poet, the poet yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I'm interviewing him this month I'm really? so excited yeah because I will I will lose my mind like I've never I, I can contain it what a lot if he turns I'm, up on a traction engine <laughs> oh my god with Princess, <laughs> with Princess Anne and Philip Schofield <laughs> in the back <laughs> wow no he is a mate and we see very, we're going on a bear hunt right which I've yes, just spent a whole week reading with my son it's coming um, around again yeah. because my son's just into that he's, he's learned the word for bear now so he just goes through the book going bear turns a page bear there's a bear uh -huh. and the dog as well because there's a dog in it as well so now it's it's again it's that sort of that second generation of and you're going to be telling Michael Rosen oh yeah yeah you're... I've got no questions prepared I'm just going to tell him stories about my son about <laughs> until he leaves I bet that never happens to him <laughs> 
So can I briefly tell you my actual childhood role models? Because like surprisingly, it wasn't Princess Anne, <laughs> although she ruined a perfectly good day out for me. Now, it's basically when I was like ten or eleven, I was completely obsessed with those kind of Saturday afternoon, evening American action drama series. So I loved the A Team. I loved the Fall Guy. So uh, I loved Hannibal from the A Team. He was obviously a role model for me. And I found out as well, Lee Majors in the Fall Guy, his 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 name in the program, which I'd forgotten for ages, was Colt Seavers which is just about the most American name from the 80s that you could possibly imagine. Isn't that from a Jackie Collins novel? It sounds like it. He's, he's Con- the guy has grabbed her roughly. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Yep, I can imagine that happening. Uh, and then I loved uh, Lee Van Cleef in The Master, which was this, this kind of really tacky ninja series where he was kind of an elderly warrior imparting his wisdom to a young charge. So um, I love the fact that these were all kind of well-known, well-established actors in the 60s and 70s who did this amazing stuff, you know, George Peppard, was in Breakfast at Tiffany's mm. uh, but I discovered him as Hannibal and Lee Van Cleef was this amazing western actor and I discovered him as this ridiculous ninja tutor so if you're saying these are your role models when you're kids these are our role models our joint role models is, yeah. is this because we wanted to be like them or because we wanted our dads to be like them oh you Hannibal I is a very he's the dad of the A-team yeah he's the dad yeah because I mean you can look at the, the A-team as a nuclear family yeah because mm-hmm. he's the he's, so what is he so he's the dad what's fa- Face is the kind of he's the mum do you think Face is the mum probably I think oh. I thought Mr T was mum Oh, no. I, th- I think Murdoch's the problem child. He's the youngest yeah. child. <laughs> yeah, Murdoch's the problem child. Yes. I'd say Face is the. Is maybe the, it's the older sister. Yeah, maybe. Older yeah. sister, and then I Murdoch's like the younger brother. Hannibal's definitely. No, yeah, Hannibal, yeah, so I think Mr. T's definitely mum. Really? Yes. She's very grumpy. Yeah. yeah, but she's got a lot of stuff to deal with. Yeah, and she's just ploughing through it. She's, yeah, wearing, she's, yeah. she's wearing quite a lot of jewellery. Yeah, oh, so that kind of works. <laughs> That's very eighties mum. That is eighties <laughs> mum. And yeah, she doesn't take any rubbish off anyone. It's not a great relationship. Not a great family holiday. Yeah. So, so what we're really saying is, Hannibal, you wanted to be your dad. I think I wanted to be Sir Philip Schofield. Okay. Uh, I think I basically thought he was quite cool. Mm. I guess I wanted to be him. I, I don't know. Which one are we talk about? Michael Rosen. That's right. Yeah. You wanted. Although to now be... you've brought up the eighteen, that's just a, unlocks yeah. a whole other world of. I think yeah. Maybe you wanted him to be your clever professorial uncle. Did you want him to be your ninja trainer? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Your Mr Miyagi. (laughs) I'm very bad at uh, ninja skills all my life. Yeah, because Michael Michael Because you never had Michael Traditionally very important. (laughs) (laughs) Poets aren't that good at ninja. No. And let's bring it back to now. Let's uh, think about... You do uh, TV reviewing, obviously, Mm -hmm. for The Guardian. Uh, Who are the strong role models on TV now for kids? If you were a dad, who would you... Well, you are a dad. But if your kids were of an age, if your child was of an age to watch TV, who would you want them to look up to? I don't know, actually. And I'm kind of struggling with this at the moment. There's lots of... When I've been going out clothes shopping with my son, there's just been a lot of superheroes. Mm. If you go to H&M, you can't move for superheroes on clothing. I'm not sure that's the sort of thing... I want want to put on him before he makes that decision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be... um, But, yeah, in terms of what's on TV now, God. Well, the weird thing is, it's basically YouTube, isn't it? My kids watch YouTube. Mm. My kids are probably their role models, people like Dan TDM and Stampy and people like that who they really actually do look up to and, and you know look, you realise when you go to a place like a games festival which I do quite a lot and you see a group of children playing Minecraft together 
often they are without maybe not even knowing it they're role playing as Stampy and Dan TVM they're making the same kind of jokes and observations as those mm. YouTubers are I can kind of get that though because at least that's achievable whereas being a superhero yeah. or Cristiano Ronaldo is not very achievable for most kids although at least they can probably play football but they can't fly that well mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, it, it's weird like my, Zach I suspect Zach's first hero is probably weirdly Zach Efron from that he loved the um, high school musical films and that that was brilliant for me because uh, it was the first thing he watched and loved that wasn't an animated television program so I, I just thought oh my goodness I'm looking at real human beings it's such a relief mm. and he got him really into music as well and he wanted to dress like you know we got he got clothes like Zac Efron in in high school musical so but it's interesting because he's you know he's reasonably I mean he's like a beautiful guy he's not Cole Seavers you know he's not like <laughs> no he's one's Cole Seavers no. so I his heaving bosom I think it's quite interesting that a lot of the male role models now if you look at the YouTubers like people like Dan TM you know Dan TM's very you know, kind of very pretty got kind of Justin Bieber type hair it seems feels very different like ours were much kind of older gruffer and now it's much more kind of maybe relatable characters but also much more kind of I don't know traditionally less masculine role mm. models which I think is quite interesting apart from obviously Marvel superheroes but what about in books so one of the things we're going to try and ask I guess every week or every episode is who your favourite father is in fiction uh, Stuart who's your my favourite is William from Danny Champion of the World the Roald Dahl book yeah. which I'm, I've really fought against when I was trying to think of this because Roald Dahl the more I learn about him the less I like him mm-hmm. he was just a terrible anti-Semite and uh, he did some he said some awful things but that book I think it is kind of slightly two-dimensional in that like there's a guy on his own and he's got his son but what I really love about their relationship is that they work together it's not always one way they help each other out and uh, the dad breaks his leg at one point and Danny comes and finds him so it's I, that's what I really like it's a nice sort of two-way street with them yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, kind exactly. of the only Roald Dahl book I really like actually for that part of that reason that it's much warmer than some of the others mm. if you think about most of the others they don't really have warm parental figures it's grandfathers or it's uncles or, you know, yeah, and adults a lot of the time they're sort of the enemy mm-hmm. in, the, in the books as well. Yeah. So it's nice to have. I mean, them. yeah, in some ways I kind of quite liked that because it was doing that. He was kind of doing that thing that traditional fairy tales did, which was isolate children from their parents. In a way, mm. wasn't he? He was saying he was kind of a lot of his books about like you've got to do this by yourself, and you're this in this bizarre situation, and your parents either aren't there or are incapable of helping. And that's essentially what fairy tales did like 200 years ago. It was essentially uh, trying to teach children the basics of survival but without parental figures being there mm. so so I quite I kind of like that about it but I did like I did like um, Danny Champion yeah and it wasn't ever a book I liked I'd read a lot of Dahl when I was a kid and that always seemed a bit boring and a bit flat but it's, it's something I sort of went back to more than you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah and what image this going back to the role model thing but when you knew you were having a child mm-hmm. what image did you have as yourself as a role model did you have an image that you wanted to project as a dad yeah I guess I wanted to be I think when that happens you sort of you see your own failings and you you see things that you want to fix rather than I'm great I will do this so I wanted to be a lot more capable than I was and um, a bit more fearless I didn't want to sort of be the, the scared dad who didn't want to join in with all the stuff so I'm, I'm yeah I'm working on that but hopefully mm-hmm. I just want to be a, 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 a capable and responsible and is that in reaction like to your own dad 
dad. Oh no, my, my dad is a super, oh I guess it is a Or reaction, you wanted actually. to be like that. Yeah, my mm-hmm. dad is obviously the dad figure I always have in my head and he's always, if there's something that needs to be done, he'll just go and do it and he'll build things with his hands and he'll just, he doesn't sort of woolly around problems like I do. He's very sort of straight to the heart of the matter. Um, and yeah, God, I suppose I am. I just wanted to be like my dad. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, there's always Michael Rosen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, were, there, were there are definitely things that happen to you, don't you, where you realise that you think, I've got to get this right because mm. they're going to remember this. Like a couple of weeks ago, uh, we lived like backing onto some fields where, where I live in, in Somerset and um, we got up one morning, my son's went to play in the garden, came back screaming, there was a dead rat in the garden and they and uh, they said, Daddy, Daddy, you've got to get rid of this, it's horrible and uh, I, it's one of those moments you think, I have got to get this right. Yeah. I have got to get that rat somehow into a bag. <laughs> without uh, screaming. Without screaming or, or crying. <laughs> uh, but I did it, I you know, I got a plastic bag. I went down to the garden. I said, "Stand back, everyone!" Nice. Oh, why you? Why was it you? Why was it not uh, more accurate? Um, she wasn't that keen either. I'm and just wondering if this is the sort of thing that falls to dads, whether we like it or not. Yeah, and basically, we're want... really scared. Yeah, I mean, I, I was okay. I felt okay about it because I think because it's kind of con- it's easily controllable. So it's easy for me to put my hand in a plastic bag and grab a rat and then take it. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, as you do, and it was yeah. crawling with maggots as well. Oh. Uh, so God knows how it got in our garden. We still don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I did manage to do that. But it was one of those things where it's one of those moments where you think, I've got to get this right. But you feel bad, you feel stupid for thinking that because why should you know why should I have to get it right? Why couldn't I just run away crying? Hey man. That's, yeah. That would be my I'm gonna get a guy from the LA yeah. pages, the rat collector. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a James Patterson we, yeah. <laughs> So um but yeah, that's one of those little tests that you feel like, yes, mm. I've got to get this right because this is something that's gonna be remembered it's, it's funny isn't it because when we were on holiday last week for some reason my son Isaac suddenly got into playing football a bit we took football with us and, and he's actually really quite good he can he can kick it quite hard towards you and I thought oh, I really can't mess this because I've never been very good at football Who, right. you know, none of us most of us aren't certainly publishing and um, and I suddenly started become incredibly self-conscious about playing football with a five-year-old in case I messed it up and he looked at me and thought you're rubbish dad yeah that's hard yeah I don't luckily I'm amazing at football so it's not that <laughs> no, well, that's fine. Face. That's <laughs> fine. it all becomes very ma- masculine yes. and macho mm, yeah. and it, how much we don't want it to so your but Stuart yes um, is also sort of about a role model it is and it's about fathers and sons and everything as but well. it's about your brother mainly it's about my brother it's technically it's a biography of my brother who is the gift card manager of a large department store chain and it's called don't be a dick it's pete. called don't be a dick pete and it's a book about our relationship um i was always it's a joke in our family i was always the favorite son i did well at school i was polite i helped people i was thoughtful and pete was just this l- scabby lump he had really bad <laughs> eczema couldn't walk until he was 18 months old ungrateful he swore a lot got in a lot of trouble played truant at school so he was <laughs> always like the disappointment hello Pete if hi Pete <laughs> he, knows. he knows yeah I moved away I went to university I went and lived in a different country I moved to London got married uh, got my wife pregnant and moved back because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man I uh, uh, moved back to my hometown a couple of years ago and I found that Pete's sort of taken my place and now he's the favourite son and I'm the sort of the gadabout who disappeared the yeah I sort of 
I'm the one who sees people three times a year. And so as well as being sort of stories about how Pete used to beat me up and all the terrible things he's done in his life, it's a lot about me trying to sort of figure out where I am in relationship to my family because I it feels like they all moved on in the same place and I've come back trying to be as I was and yeah. now every, everything's changed. Trying to find your place in yeah. the family now that the dynamics have changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do you feel changed? I always do until I get back, until it's like Sunday lunch and everyone's exactly the same. Yeah. And I'm in t- I behave entirely differently and my wife's sitting next to me going, I didn't marry this person. <laughs> when you <laughs> say differently, are you kind of like, well, what's for breakfast? Avocado on toast? <laughs> you know, is that oh, no, of- no, no. I, 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 I behaving di- to my wife, I'm behaving differently. I go back to oh, sort see. of 14-year-old me. Yes. He's like, oh, shut up, mum. Uh. And I'm not doing the washing up. Well, as I... <laughs> As an adult, I think quite responsible and thoughtful and I'd like to help people, but you just sort of, you fall back into the old weird patterns. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. What, so what made you think of writing a book about? Well, I, originally, my brother's really into um, running and triathlons and Tough Mudders and things like that, and he made me do a Tough Mudder with him, uh, and I hated it. I hated it completely. A Tough Mudder is uh, like an obstacle course, half marathon length obstacle course race, where there's mud and electricity and long jumps off tall things. And it's horrible. And he loves them. And I wanted to write something about Tough Mudders and how I hate them so much. And I was talking to my agent and he said, this is a book about your brother. This isn't, it hasn't got anything to do about running. So that's, uh, that's how it sort of, it turned out. And I've written yeah. about him for The Guardian a few times and people are like, oh my God, he was a GCSE. I wrote a thing about uh, Pete and he was a GCSE course paper this year. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like he was, he was the English, the English uh, literature paper for uh, GCSE level English this year was um, a piece I wrote about Pete and what an asshole, which no, is amazing, really? amazing. You always text. Friends. Yeah, I got so many sixteen-year-olds just saying, "Oh, I think I, really I, think I got your gender wrong. I don't think I've done very well at this." <laughs> 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 yeah, failed by GCSE yeah. English for getting someone's gender. Yeah. So they're doing like the Great Gatsby, Macbeth, and uh, yeah, it's I think like, about um, you and your. Something I wrote in an afternoon really quickly wow. for Guardian Online. Yeah, and so Pete's like this hero to all these 16-year-olds because they follow him as well now on Twitter. He's got all these weird new followers. Wow. Yeah. Now we've seen that coming. No, 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 and I didn't know what was going on at the beginning because I just I just started getting these tweets saying, oh, your brother's a legend. And I was like, well, who are you? You're a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, weird. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We have a one-minute quiz. I say one minute. It might be five. It might be 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Am yes. I doing these questions? I yeah, you should do it. I'll do the questions. Them. Okay, so you ready? It's going to be the dad quiz. And I'm going to work out if you're a responsible parent at the end. Oh, okay, good. so I think if you mind Keith okay. and give him a mark at the end. <laughs> okay. I already regret this now. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. You ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. Best thing about being a dad? Um, best thing about being a dad? Getting to leave things that I don't want to be at and get, saying no to things. <laughs> yeah, good answer. And the worst? Worst? Uh, nappies. Uh, you're, you're trapped at a station with no food for the kids what do you do <laughs> this has happened before do everything I can to make them go to sleep <laughs> will you friend your kids on Facebook oh no one thing your dad did that you've sworn not to repeat and have <laughs> oh oh god my baby's very new so nothing yet um, yeah sorry oh, I'll treat that as a pass mark him down okay are you dad daddy or something else I'm dadden Okay. He, can't, he can't quite say daddy yet so that's daddy. option C most disgusting parenting moment oh um, I've, I've spent a day with poo on my hands was that right? poo? yeah yeah no that, uh, we had a baby like six months after that <laughs> <laughs> that was nine months before. yeah no just, just oh. filth just bodily fluids right uh, crocs yes or no for me or for him I'm not I'm not specifying me just absolutely not him yes most hated habit of other dads. Oh, right. So this is this is something my wife said that she saw and I've taken against it. She went to a baby swimming class and there was a bearded dad who, during all of the swimming songs, harmonised. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. And I, I've never, I haven't seen anything that bad yet, but oh. Yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, and finally, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing about fatherhood, what would it be? I would say, oh, right, truthful answer. I'd just be patient. Just you can't fix everything immediately. There are phases. Kids will grow out of it. Stop worrying so much. Perfect. Okay, if you can talk about yourselves for a second, I'll add these scores up. Excellent. How do you think you did? Quite badly. Yeah, you yeah. even passed on a question. I know. How do passes on a question about their own child? <laughs> That's <laughs> That's you could have at least thought of something you didn't want to yeah. repeat of your dad. <laughs> Blowing cigarettes smoke in my face. There you go. But I haven't done that. Yeah, but that means you haven't done oh, it. Uh, oh, okay. oh, I misheard the question. Well, well, no. To be fair, it is meant to be something you have oh, okay. done. Oh, we've got, I've a, got mark. a score. I've got a score. So what's the what's the pass mark in like GCSEs? Isn't it about 60, 50, 40, 50, 40, 30? You've scored. You've scored sixty out of hundred. Okay. So I'm saying right. that's, that's a two average. average. Well, what, what am I? What did I? What can I do better on? Um... What was the first and the third question? <laughs> the first question. You wouldn't know this was our first time. First question was best thing about being a dad. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> I can't remember. Well, you got five out of ten for okay. that. Okay. So avoiding. Oh, oh, getting out of things. You oh, said yeah, getting out of things. Yeah. I thought that was, that, that was, yeah, it wasn't very... That yeah. was pretty selfish. What yeah. I meant was like the everlasting beauty of the uh, human life. Oh, yeah. we explain and, that and the third well. one was the food at the station where he didn't even attempt to give the children food. What yes. did you do? Pick stuff off the ground? Fast food. Fast yeah, food's there. I didn't say that. You didn't have any food. I said you had no food. Oh, right. Well, in that case, I'd buy my son some food. The way I heard it Well, was, apparently not. You're at, a, you're at a train station. For some reason, all the gates are locked and you're just trapped on a platform. It's it not like dawn of the dead. It wasn't some sort of dystopian, nightmarish thriller. <laughs> Give him your finger. 
guard. Chop off a finger on the road by Cormac McCarthy. All right, well, I'd like to revise that to buy him some food. It's too late now. It would be what your choice of food would be. I was going to judge you on that. In the end, I just judged you on trying to make my child sleep. Stuart Heritage has scored a solid 60 out of 100. It's not bad. I'm not sure it's going to be a leading mark at the end of the season. I gave you a 10 out of 10. Is this going to be like the Top Gear lap time thing? Yes, it is. We're going to sprawl it on the wall. So we'll slap it on this wall. We don't really have. But I did give you 10 out of 10 for the harmonising dad with a beard. That was hideous. I was expecting it to be like Speedo's story, but luckily you swerved away from that. He he harmonised along with a song that he'd never heard before until that moment. A bit like you do sort of Christmas carols or hymns Mm. where you just kind of... Yeah, a bit like the worst person always does when they're singing Happy Birthday, the person who goes high at the end of Happy Birthday. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah, that was a solid 10 out of 10. Yes. Right, Stuart Heritage, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Your book, Don't Be a Dick Pete, is out next May 2017. Yes. Uh, Keith, that was the end of our first podcast. It was, yeah, I think it was okay. I'd give us a solid 60. <laughs> I'd go 59. Right, okay. Yeah, 59, just, give to give, something to aim for. just to be polite, really. And uh, my book's out as well. People so, buy. Indeed, A Boy Made of Blocks is out now, uh, available for anyone who wants a good book. £12.99. It gets cheaper in some places. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Join us next time for more chat about being a dad. This has been a Hatchet Audio Podcast. This week's corrections. The author of Girl Up is not Laura Barton, but, in fact, Laura Bates. Rodal may or may not have been an anti-Semite. Keith Stewart used the American title Zootopia for the film Zootropolis. It is also called Zoomania in Germany. Princess Anne's husband was Captain Mark Phillips. They are now divorced. He is not a Duke. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.